Hello and welcome once again to the Fillers Podcast. I'm Jimmy. I'm Kathy. And I'm Melissa. And we are back with an awesome treat for you guys. Please join us in welcoming a very special guest, Anne-Marie Cullen. She is a singer, a songwriter, and a musician, and we know her best as writing most of the melodies for Molly Phillips songs in Disney Channel's So Weird. Anne-Marie, thank you so much for being with us. How are you today? I'm great. It's so good to be here, guys. And you probably know me, actually, my um, stage name was Anne-Marie Montaigne, so that is what... uh, um, yeah, when I was like young, I thought that Cullen wasn't snappy enough for show business, uh, much to the chagrin of my parents. So <laughs> when I went out to LA and, uh, and and then I started to write for So Weird, I was still under my Anne-Marie Montade uh, mm-hmm. moniker. But uh, so that's how you know me. I'm very fond of that, that whole era. But now I go by uh, Anne-Marie Cullen, which is my, my given name. Cool. How did you come up with Montade? You know, when I was 15 years old, I was in my first girl, all-girl band with two of my friends from school. And we we were in English class once and we saw this uh, reference of rhodomontade, which is an old English word for verbal arrogance and bragging. And we thought uh. that was cool. And when um, we split up after about a year of that band, but when um, I was looking to have a snappier name than Cullen, I thought, oh, I'll shorten Rhoda Montade to Montade, and I like the ring of that. But people started thinking I was French. They thought it was a French name. And I'm like, uh, nope. <laughs> I don't think wow. I'm getting all the, all the backstory I here, guys. <laughs> I did a little bit of research here, and I found out a little bit. Um, I was surprised to find out that you were, as a young person, uh, Anne-Marie could be described as a born musician with innate talent comparable to a child prodigy. And at the tender age of eight years old, she was already you were already writing catchy songs on your piano with verses and chorus and a bridge. And by the time you were 12, you had already been recording your first uh couple songs in a professional studio and you actually taught yourself to play good guitar and drums which is amazing band when you were 15 were telling us and you studied performance and music at the rock school in dublin ireland yeah well whoever wrote that was very kind i I would certainly not describe myself as a child (laughs) prodigy but it's true i did start writing songs when i was eight years old um and i did record my first song when i was 12 uh, I had a few guitar lessons um, and then kind of taught myself, but I didn't teach myself from scratch. And yep, I didn't have a drum lesson, but I l- love me some drums, man. Just mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not very good, but uh, but yeah, music was definitely from you know from the tender age of eight. I was uh, my first song that I wrote was about my dog that went missing. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So um, I won't I won't sing you a few bars, but um, yeah, it was called Chips. <laughs> I'd love cool. to hear like some of those old studio recordings from when you were like twelve or thirteen. That would be so awesome. Oof! <laughs> I don't even know if even you, Jim, my friend, if I would share those, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 
maybe I'll share the my the some of the recordings from my my girl band when we were fifteen. Ooh, we were actually kept it a secret though. We thought that everyone would make fun of us if they if they found out we were had started a band that we were thought we were cool enough. But so we kept it a secret and practiced in secret in our in in the piano room in our school. But then people found out and they actually were very nice about it. So. Cool. Okay, so I'll start off with the questions. The first question being, um, how did you get started working on So Weird? Ooh, that's actually a pretty good story, I have to say. So I moved from Dublin after college to Los Angeles to pursue my own music career. And like many people did, uh, I started waiting on tables in Santa Monica. And I struck up a friendship with one of the regulars, a guy called Lee Gaither, who actually was an executive producer on the or, or a producer on the show. And he was, you know, would come in and... Around that time, I had a song in a movie uh, called Just Right, just this um, kind of low-budget movie, but that did quite well. But I remember giving him a postcard, and I was like, uh, oh, I've got this, you know, the, there's a screening of, my, of this movie, and I have a song in it. And he was like, oh, I didn't know you were a musician. He was like, can you write music to lyrics? And I was like, yeah, I do it all the time. And... Uh, and he was like, oh, because we're shooting this show and we're having a little trouble finding, you know, the perfect fit. Um, mm -hmm. I, I went on break and I lived two blocks away and I ran down and I, I think I got my, my CD and gave it to him. But he I think he sent me the lyrics for, for actually In the Darkness is a Night. And within, I think, three days I had written and recorded it and just submitted it to them with my fingers crossed and they ended up liking it um, enough that they um, they actually used it as the theme song, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then from that, um, I wrote, I think, uh, for the first two seasons, um, most of the songs, not all of them. Mm -hmm. And it was actually kind of funny as well, though, because when the, the, the show premiered, I was actually still at work as a waitress and I was watching it on my break in the in you know the guest tv room but um shortly thereafter I was lucky enough to uh to to quit my my day job and uh work on so weird full-time which was great that is so cool that's one of those stories like if people say there's Hollywood stories where they're waitressing and then they like strike up a conversation no it's such a cliche really but it <laughs> really did yeah lee would always just come into it was a place called toppers it's under a different name now but it was on top of this beautiful hotel and overlooking the ocean and he would come in all the time and he was just a regular and yeah it was great it was great it's a good story yeah yeah very cool <laughs> so that's that's how i got involved and so weird this one is a question from kat who is another uh podcaster who can be with us today she says Oh, there are a few uh, so weird music videos and set to your music on YouTube. Uh, some examples are Wasted, which is a uh, Molly video, Headroom, a Funny Castle video, Refuge, an Annie video, Smart Girl. Have you ever watched them and how do you feel about people using your music for bidding? You know, I think I fell upon those in a, uh, in a search, in a weird search, and I was surprised but yeah i have no problem with it at all i mean those are way old songs of mine <laughs> yes here uh -huh. uh, when i was still under Anne-Marie montade no but hey if i'm honored if anyone wants to um 
make a video to my music and spend their time and creativity doing that. Um, yeah, as long as it's okay with Disney using the footage, which I don't know if it's completely um, <laughs> 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 allowed, but fine by me. You can use my music from my project, yeah. So, no, I'm, uh, cool, cool. I'm fine with that. Thank you for whoever did it. Thank you for doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, I have seen it. I was, it was cool. I was like, oh, yeah. I, that's, I can't believe somebody did that to my music. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was very, very, very honored. Very, very honored. Yeah. Very cool. So that's one thing that I think a lot of fans are able to identify with is that your music and with probably with your Irish roots as well, because the character in the show, so weird, she as well was Irish American. So I think that's why people are able to identify so much with your music and the character of Molly Phillips music, because they're so similar and, and enmeshed um, of how similar the sound is. But, um, it's interesting that you've had many of your songs and your songwriting featured in tons of notable TV shows, films, as well as commercials. And your discography has seen the release of upwards of about 10 records as a solo artist, as well as in your band, Saucy Monkey. Um, I had a question about Saucy Monkey. I know that you've been in the band uh, for years. Uh, and you guys have released some outstanding records. But where did you meet your bandmate? Cynthia Catania, and how did you guys come up with the idea to form the band Saucy Monkey that has seen, uh, you know, some fame in its own right? You know, that was, that's a, a great question, and um, so what happened was when I started working for Disney, I was, um, and writing for the show, which I love doing, shortly thereafter I um, got an opportunity to write, uh, to be signed as a songwriter for Warner Chapel, which is this um, company in uh, America. And I was pursuing a record deal for myself. The Warner Chapel was kind of like a deal for songwriters, but I also wanted a deal for, you know, uh, to release my own music. And I got very, very close and I had a good, you know, regular show in um, LA that was, you know, uh, very well attended every week. I had a residency and it was kind of like the girl who almost did it. You know, I, I had record labels, um, but ultimately it didn't, I didn't seal the, uh, you know, the deal was, wasn't sealed. Um, it was a time of a lot of flux in the industry at that time. A lot of little labels started to uh, merge together. So uh, like Time Warner and AOL, I think, merged. It was it, kind of a crazy time to be a musician. So I got a little disillusioned um, with that. And I've, uh, I kind of wanted to do music for fun again because I think I'd lost a little bit of that I was trying to make it as a career and yeah I kind of lost a little bit of the, the fun element so meanwhile I, I I knew Cynthia from the LA scene and she would come to some of my shows and you know she I, I really liked her music and I was like I want to do a night in Santa Monica and invite our invite musicians to come and just jam but Cynthia knew a lot more musicians than I did. So I was like, do you want to do it with me? And maybe we can sing a song, a few songs each. And I can, you know, sing on your songs. You can sing on mine. So that was kind of essentially what we did. So we invited our friends and it turned into such a fun night with all of our songwriter friends coming down and singing a song and we take it in turns. And myself and then Cynthia then started to write together. And, um, and our friend Adam, who came down, he was our drummer, uh, 
and uh, our friend Carson, who's a bass player, they would just come down and sit in. And then we ultimately formed a band, though, because it was so much fun. Um, and yeah, so, uh, and also my friend Danny uh, played drums a little bit with Saucy, for the first Saucy Monkey album. Um, so it was just basically, we wanted to have fun. And I think when you uh, listen to, especially the first album, there is kind of this energy in a, a release, um, our album Celebrity Trash, that was just like a bunch of friends getting together, having fun and playing music. And um, so that's how I met Cynthia. That was very long. Wow. Ari, you might need to do some shopping with no. that. I am a huge fan of Saucy Monkey. I think you, your voice and Cynthia's voice and your guys' songwriting talents, it's, it's out of this world. And um, I definitely recommend fans go check out Saucy Monkey's records. Their first record, Celebrity Trash, is amazing. Turbulence? My favorite is Turbulence. So if anyone is listening that doesn't know uh, much about Saucy Monkey, check out. Turbulence. Even though Celebrity Trash was very... I mean, all of them I love, but I think I have a special place in my heart for Turbulence. I love that band. I've been a huge fan <laughs> of yours for years, of course, so I love Saucy but I do want to give you a shout-out, because Anne-Marie's latest record is called Never Be Mine, um, and you could buy it anywhere right now, so go check out her latest record, Never Be Mine, and also check out the new lyric video on YouTube for the song Never Be Mine. Beautiful, beautiful record, Anne-Marie. Thank you very much, Jeannie. Yeah, this next question is from Emily, who is also another um, co-host from the podcast. Her question is a fun question we like to ask our special guests. Um, it's, have you ever experienced anything supernatural? And if not, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you? Ooh, Emily knows how to thrill me. Um, yeah. You know, yes, and it's a little dark, but I think so weird. You folks are okay with a little bit of the darkness. Uh, so when my mom has been dead 14 uh, years, and um, obviously it was a very traumatic time in my life, and I was home in Ireland. Luckily, she died around Christmas time because I was home on a holiday, so she died on New Year's Eve. And it was very, very awful, as you can imagine. And and two weeks later, I had like just a general physical checkup, an annual, and um, and I went along, and that was that. Got it ch uh, checked out, and a few days later, I had a dream, a very vivid dream, where my mom said that came to me, and she was just like, Anne Marie, are you taking care of yourself? And I was like, Yes, mom, of course I am, and of course I wasn't mm -hmm. at the time. I wasn't sleeping. I was a mess. And she was like, do you need to go on an antibiotic? I was like, what a random question. And I was like, no. And so that was that. And I called my sister in the morning to tell her about it. I was like, so weird. I had this vivid dream about um, mom. And my sister actually worked at the hospital where I got um, my physical. She was like, Anne-Marie, I just got your results. And you do have a little infection. And you do need to go on an antibiotic. And I've just said, oh. so it was just really, really kind of like creepy and weird that it was like uh, prophetic. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that was the only supernatural. There was another time that I felt my mom hugging me. And um, it was another time where I was kind of coming to terms with her death. And I... Um, I, it woke me up, and I really felt feel that she was there giving me a hug. Um, but yeah, but apart from that, not really. 
least I don't think so. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, Supernatural. Those are sweet. Yeah, those are sweet, though. I find, like, they're comforting and not necessarily, like, scary. No, yeah. they're definitely... I mean, they're definitely... I have no doubt in my mind that, that my mom was sending me a message, and I have no doubt in my mind that she was giving me a hug at that time. So, yes, be it Supernatural visit from the other world, yeah. It just happened to me. Thankfully, somebody I knew, because I think if it was somebody I didn't know, I'd freak out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know down with ghosts or stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. My, I have two questions. Did you ever meet any of the cast from So Weird? And what instruments do you know how to play? Um, I did meet, um, I met uh, Mackenzie, Mackenzie Phillips, Molly, um, said several times and I feel that I met all of the cast yeah at the um, we had a like a premiere in Hollywood of the, the first uh, of the night when it was um, uh, broadcast for the first time and um, so yeah I met I met everyone there including uh, Henry Winkler which I think you guys are too young to to know who he is but he was the Fonz and he was like a yeah yeah <laughs> on the show called Happy Days and he yeah he was there and he was just like you write the music and I was like yeah and he was like you did a good job and I was just like <laughs> moon you know but Mackenzie um how actually before I even met Mackenzie how we would communicate the music of So Weird was John would John Cooksey would write the lyrics and then I would write the melodies but I at this you know, this was in the late 90s and it wasn't really easy to just record on your phone like it is now. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is I would record my ideas, my, my songs, basically, uh, on a video cassette and send it to Canada where they were filming and that and they would pop it into their VCR. And yeah. I mean, that's how I did like, you know, like Rebecca and In the Darkness. It would just be like, you know, the, here's how I think you... Um, Here's how I sing it. You do your thing. So, uh -huh. um, so that's how she learned the songs. So we had kind of um, uh, a relationship in this via VCR uh, before we met in person. But she she couldn't have been nicer. She was very very um, supportive. Yeah. Cool. But she probably yeah. But the rest of the cast I totally met. But mm -hmm. I didn't have a. Um, I, I think I just met them once at that premiere. Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Mackenzie seems really nice. Yeah, she's super cool, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, vocally our styles are quite similar as well. So it kind of was a really good fit, and yeah, uh, yeah she, yeah, it was just. I think it was just a bizarre time in both of our lives, you know, that she was kind of um, uh, coming back into acting, and I was, you know, mm -hmm. just got discovered in a waitressing, you know. So mm -hmm. Yeah, we're kind of going through a, a kind of a weird time, but uh, a weird but wonderful time so yeah, yeah. i'm gonna put my guitar down there. um so yeah thank you okay. so this one uh comes from uh cat again um she asks what was it like for you to transition from being a regular musician to working on composing for a television show and what are the unique challenges of composing for a show you know i think the the main difference is is that when I write music for myself, I write music for myself, and you know I uh, I'm the only person I really have to please. Or obviously, if you're in your in your band, you have to please yourself. So there's kind of no 
um, it's less pressure, really, you know, because you only have to honor yourself. So the main difference um, writing for a show is that, and thankfully this didn't happen very often, um, because I think myself and John had a really, really good, uh, we were just in sync. Um, but sometimes you think you've come up with gold <laughs> and they don't like it or they like most of it, but they don't, they want it changed. And that mm -hmm. is um, a bit, uh, that is a challenge because sometimes if you think something is done and finished and people want changes, it's, it's hard to, um, yeah, it's hard to redo something that you think is, is, is great. But, um, but thankfully, actually, we didn't have to do that many changes. The only thing, the only song that comes to mind, um, I was origami. Um, I didn't write actually the version from that, um, that was on the show. Uh, but I did write a version of origami that didn't quite uh -huh. uh, make it. And I, and I think I just misread it. I came from a, a upbeat, but kind of moody, um, uh -huh. standpoint. And, you know, after seeing the show, I, 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 I realized that I, I kind of missed the mark. I hands up it's, and, uh, uh, and I think they wanted something that was a little bit more um, joyful. Um, mm -hmm. So, so yeah. But other th other than that, um, I didn't. I don't think I had to make any changes. I think it, we just kind of I, I sent it, and they liked it. Thankfully, I think myself and John had really, really good chemistry with writing. Um, but that would be certainly the challenges. Uh, and it happened with origami. <laughs> we didn't like it. I loved it, but they didn't like it. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, I know. You know what? I might have it. If I do have it, I'll send it to you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look. I would love to hear any of your demos from that so weird era yeah. when you were corresponding with John Cooksey. Right. I would you know love what? to hear I... any of. I would love to hear it too, but I think what happened was I recorded it on that VHS cassette and sent it to Canada. And I think, I don't think I have had made a copy or, you know, at that time. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. it wasn't like the DVD, you know, or dual, mm -hmm. uh, dual VHS burners. Um, but yeah, but of course, if I ever stumble upon it, I promise you guys, awesome. you'll be close. Awesome. <laughs> cool. If you'd like to play In the Darkness Now, we would love to hear it. All right. It's only a verse and a chorus. And Kathy, if this cool. sucks, you edit it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it for your private collection. <laughs> Demons come from every side. In the darkness is light. Throwing me on a downward slide in the darkness is light getting hot the deeper i go in the darkness is light into the darkness down below in the darkness is light live my life in one straight line future ahead in the past Tomorrow I go back to yesterday, but I don't know how long I can live this way. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Thank you.
That was beautiful. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. So basically, that's kind of how I would do it um, with mm -hmm. the, except record it and send it on a VCR. Very cool. Ooh. How did it feel? Um, were you aware of who, I'm sure you were, of who Mackenzie Phillips was before you started working with her? And how did it feel to have such an iconic um, singer and actress covering music that you were composing? Dude, I mean, yeah, I was aware of who she was, but we didn't have her show uh, in Ireland. The, so One day at a time. Yeah, one day at a time. We didn't have that, but I still was aware of who she was and what her amazing uh, musical family background. So mm -hmm. I felt I was living in the twilight zone. Like, I mean, one minute <laughs> I was, you know, serving tacos and then I'm, you know, writing songs for Mackenzie Phillips. And, and uh, it's and it, she's recording my songs. It was just like, yeah, it was really wild. It was um, it was a really special, special time. It was a beautiful time. Yeah, you know, I, I, I worked very hard. I kept, um, I, I mean, I, I really went for it when I went to LA. I mean, I left Dublin to go to LA and it was just, it was just such a, an amazing experience, an amazing reward to get to work with somebody like Mackenzie as my first professional songwriting job. So yeah, it was, it was bonkers. Yeah. And people, especially my American wow. friends, when I told them, they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. So, wow. yeah. Um, I think those are all the questions that we had. So now we'll go into questions we got from like social media. So the first one is from Lauren on Twitter. She asks, who are your music inspirations and influences? Ooh, good, um, good question. I think when I was growing up, um, it was Prince very, very much, uh, and, and Bruce Springsteen. I just thought they were very, very authentic. Um, and I love their songs. And uh, now in my later, you know, now I kind of, um, I love Amy Mann, who's, um, who's a great singer-songwriter. Um, I also really like from the uh, Billie Eilish and what, you know, uh, with somebody so young and, and uh, I love that I kind of can relate to because 16 year old me was you know making music with my friends she makes music with her brothers uh, with her brother but I mean she is head and shoulders above what I was doing at, the, at that time but I think I can I can feel that raw energy and raw ambition you know mm. um, so but in terms of influences if you don't know who Amy Mann is, look her up. It's A-I-M-E-E -E, um, Mann. Uh, I, I love her music. Um, yeah, so she's she's on repeat. And I have to say from, not that she influences me, but uh, I really, um, because I think we're very different styles, but I really admire what Sarah Bareilles has, has done. Um, um, you know, from, because she, she had a record deal, but now she she writes for Waitress. She wrote the music for Waitress the Musical, and uh, I think I'm drawn to people who are very authentic in their craft. And she's, I really do admire her. We have a couple of questions here from Princess Fernandez on Twitter. Uh, first one is, how was it collaborating and developing the iconic sound of the show with John Cook's 
And second, any memorable moments you can remember? Oh, uh, John, and it was so great working with John. Um, I think we had a really, really good chemistry. Um, I, but we, we, we kind of gave each other a hard time as well in terms of, you know, I was, uh, I was, you know, a fan of the three minute pop song and, you know, uh, for the show, a lot of the songs were quite long because they were telling the story and I was just like, uh, can we shorten this verse here? Can we go right into, you know, the bridge is a little long. Do you mind if we kind of shorten it? And he was like, uh, no, it tells a story. We need to keep it this long. And he was 100% correct and right. And I listen back now to the songs and I'm like, thank God I didn't talk it into shortening anything, you know? So, <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, it was really, really great working with John, but we had a, a healthy dialogue um, where we weren't scared to, to really lay it all out. And uh, the second question was, so are there any memorable moments that you can remember? Ooh, I think, um, I mean, so many. I mean, the the. I think just seeing it actually on TV live for the first time, like you know, because I, I obviously saw the the pilot, you know, before I wrote music for the show, just to kind of get a sense of of what it was all about. Um, so I, I'd seen the versions of the, I'd seen the episodes, but to actually have it played on the television. And as I mentioned earlier, my first, because I was still waiting on tables, I wasn't sure if the show was going to take off, but I was watching it from like the, the break room in my waitressing uh -huh. <laughs> at the, and hearing, you know, the, the In the Darkness as a theme song, which was never intended. It was actually, it wasn't like, hey, we need a theme song, which is usually how it works. It was like, mm -hmm. oh, we need, and I wrote the song for the, you know, for a scene, and it ended mm -hmm. up, uh, I think Larry Sugar, you know, really liked it and it ended up that way. So that was very memorable because, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's kind of every artist's dream to have a theme song. So it was, it was really nice to have it happen <laughs> yeah. by mistake. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Next question is from Joe on Twitter. And I think that you covered a bit of a bit about it because he wants to know about your version of origami and uh, what was different about it. But I think you covered some of that. That it was it was different in tone and 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 it was definitely different. But he also asked, um, did you have anything to do with alternate versions of the songs like Rebecca, the acoustic version? or um, more like a river, the acoustic version, uh, or if those were all done by someone else, if you can remember. Um, first of all, hello, Joe. And um, for Origami, um, just to expand on what I said, uh, which was basically like, I kind of missed the mark a little bit um, mm -hmm. in terms of I was trying to take it into kind of a, my version of a sexy, moody thing, which I think just ended up being sounding a little too moody for, the scene um and yeah I think I just missed the direction so my version was just very a lot more minor chords and uh introspect uh, kind of an introspective kind of melancholy feel which I realize now it just um it just missed the mark so uh, but having said that I'm re actually really proud of the song that I my version of it so I'm glad that it happened it was a good experience um and uh, for the other versions of the song, I think I did actually have a, 
I can't remember it, guys. Here's, but I, I'm pretty sure I had a piano version for sure of Rebecca. And I think at that time we also did an acoustic, but I could be wrong. Um, and for the blues songs, the um, that uh, yeah, that um, I recorded the the gentleman that did the the play the old uh, old blues singer um, in LA in the stu my studio in LA, and then so I was involved in that, and then we just kind of sent the instrumental for Mackenzie to do her her vocal uh, on that. Um, regarding the other versions. I can't really remember, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But I know for Rebecca there was kind of a few, and but I know for a fact, and I don't know. I mean, you guys probably can tell me. Um, I definitely did a piano version, but I, did that end up on the show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's I think the main version the main of Rebecca. Yeah. Cool. And then there was a guitar version. I think at that time we might have submitted both, but I can't quite remember. Mm. Yeah, that's one of my. That's the second oh. song I wrote for the show, and yeah, I really, I'm fond of that song, I have to say. So you actually worked with the artist who did the version of Old Chicago Blues? Mm -hmm. You actually recorded that with him? Mm -hmm. yeah. Old Chicago, you're mm -hmm. a young man's town. Yeah, I mean, I wrote, the, I wrote the song, but yeah, I was like, you know, John, when he was telling me about their vision, he was like, we need to get this really, you know, um, old school, the, uh, really old, old school, authentic blues. I was like, mm -hmm. man, I'm just off the boat from Dublin. Where am I going to find that in a day? <laughs> so, but funny enough, at that time, I lived in Santa Monica, and on the Santa Monica boardwalk, there was this amazing uh, blues singer uh, called Roger. I can't remember his last name. Sorry, Roger. But um, so I, I was just like, hi, I write for the show at this show on Disney would you be interested in, in doing a voiceover and uh, he said of course and he nailed it he just yeah he just came in and nailed it um, but that was kind of fun because that's certainly not the music that I I write for my own projects um, and so that was a little bit not really of a, cha a good challenge you know and I, I'm proud of how it came out but it, Initially, I was just like, Ooh, this scares me a little bit. <laughs> I have to write this kind of Yeah, blues. it kind of goes into the next question that is from Ann Kelsberg on Instagram, because they asked, what song did you have the hardest time composing? The aforementioned origami, because we didn't, didn't make it to the show. Um, and then I think, um, yeah, I think not because it was hard to write blues, but I think initially before I, um, yeah, when I heard the concept, I was a little, I had a bit of trepidation. But once John gave me the lyrics and stuff like that, it actually flowed out of me quite uh, easily. Um, I think the other, the hardest, uh, the other hard ones, I think Love is Broken is one of the songs that I'm very, very proud of, but it was such an epic song and I'm not usually an epic writer you know and it was it was long and uh so that i really wanted to get right you know because of the subject matter uh, subject matter etc and um but that i think uh, actually most to be honest with you most of the the, the songs I, I i wrote quite fast you know and i find that um if i i think john did such a great job with the lyrics that they the kind of the music 
wrote itself a little bit. I just channeled mm -hmm. it, you know. He really mm -hmm. did set the scene. So I kind of knew right off the bat, oh, this is a minory song or this is kind of a very major. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, but in terms of just, you know, uh, create, in terms of what my background was, it was like the Chicago one was uh, the toughest because uh, mm -hmm. I don't know blues. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this next one is kind of a, not really a question, but you kind of spoke about it from Alona on Facebook. Um, she reads, I don't think there's any TV show I've seen with music as powerful. Rebecca and The Rock stood out especially, but there are several more, like more like River Origami in the Darkness, that are just incredible and really elevated the show. The way the music weaves into the story was also very well executed, including little asides in episodes leading up to the full songs about their meanings. How exciting. Would love to hear about your process and how much you worked with the creator to develop the storyline through the music. Oh, well, first of all, thank you um, for that, yeah, beautiful comment. That's That really does, I mean, honestly, guys, I think hearing how this show is, you know, has really stayed um, so loved and hearing how these because people write to me all the time about how important these songs were to them especially when they were growing up it's it really does touch me and um, just to get back to I think Anne's question um, first of all More Like a River I actually didn't write that was a, a song that was already written for the show before I became involved and and, um, and the others uh, and or origami I didn't but in terms of the creative process for everything else um John would send me the lyrics he would give me a bit of the background you know especially for like uh the rock he would explain okay Molly as is comes from these Irish parents it's a bit of a turbulent relationship so he'd give me the backstory um uh to set to paint the scene uh in addition to the lyrics and then he just really gave me a lot of creative um control and he, I, I would write it and then I would either send my, my little video or else I, um, at that time I bought a tiny little like four track recorder where I would just give the very bare bones kind of idea to see if I was on the right track um, and play it to John and he, um, yeah, it was really, most of the time it was really, really effortless. It was either super effortless or that one time with origami where it was just like, you know, so, but most of the time we, we really, I think it was, yeah, it was just a really great chemistry in it. The, in terms of the creative process, it was just very, very easy. The next questions come from Sarah on Instagram. What was your favorite song in Hawaii? And were there any songs that didn't make it to the series that we should know about? Ooh, a favorite song in Hawaii. I have a few for so many different reasons, but if I had to choose one, I would probably say The Rock, um, just because the character, you know, is from an Irish background. I'm Irish. Um, I got to record it in Ireland, actually, uh, with my producer friend, Dave McCune, and uh, we got, like... Uh, some great traditional Irish uh, musicians to play on it. Um, so it was very authentic. So and I, I really, I really like that song. I, 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 I yeah, I, I love the lyrics that John wrote and I like the 
la 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 towards the end and it was a kick when I, I heard Mackenzie singing that for the first time um so I think if I had to pick uh the rock but I'm also really really I, I really really love for different reasons um like I love questions because of that it was just I, I love how Jewel sang it it was um very simple song it was um a lot of them were very uh grandiose with it a lot, and this was I just felt um just kind of short and, and sweet um I really like that uh, song and I think love is broken I um I'd never written such kind of like an anthem kind of, um, and th that when I listen back, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. But I, you know, I, I loved uh, Another World. I loved thought the guy who sang it, who I actually didn't meet because he, um, they recorded in Canada. Wow, I mean, what a voice. Um, he, he was brilliant. So I love that. I love In the Darkness because it, um, it really gave, it was my ticket to the show. Um, uh, Rebecca, I'm very, very fond of as well. You know, it's just, I really kind of, uh, I've got a special place in my heart for all of them, but I think mm -hmm. uh, top two would probably be The Rock and Love is Broken. The next one is how much did you know about the characters and plot before writing the songs and did you meet the uh, you actually already answered this one i think but did you meet any of the actors of so weird um cool so in terms of uh the background um before i wrote the songs i mean before i wrote uh, in the darkness uh Lee, the producer of the show, brought me into Disney and showed me like the, the rough cut to set the scene um, of what, because this was brand new to everyone uh, at that time, it was the first uh, episode. Um, and then I just had the lyrics and I really would just collaborate with, with John, who would give me, uh, like I explained with The Rock, a little bit of the backstory, okay, she's a turbulent relationship with her parents, you know, this is, you know, where she's coming from, um, she lost her husband, that kind of, you know, backstory. Um, so it set the scene, but that was really it. Um, uh, yeah, and that was kind of in some ways uh, enough, just hearing it from, from John's mouth. And um, I did meet the cast of the, at the premiere, and uh, as I mentioned, and they were super lovely, um, really, really excited about the show as well. Um, but I did have most of my, even though I've only met, I think, Mackenzie a few times, um, I did have most of the kind of, you know, back and forth with her because she was the singer of the songs. So, and she was lovely. Thank you. So our next question here is from Leana on Twitter. And she says that there's a great Molly-centric fan video on YouTube that's set to your song, Wasted. And she says that she'd love to know where she could buy that song. Ooh. I think, um, I think it's on a... If it's not on Spotify, it should be, and maybe that's my homework for this weekend because it is from <laughs> it is from one of my Anne Marie Montade solo albums, not Anne Marie Cullen, Anne Marie Montade called uh, I think it was called More Blame. It was I had two versions. I had Blame, and then I had More Blame, which was uh, an extension of that record. Um, so Wasted was on that, uh, and thank you. That thanks for asking about that song. Um, uh, it should be on the interweb. This is, I'm very embarrassed, guys. I should know it's my music and I should know, but this was quite a while ago that I recorded that song. So I am going to find out if it's not on the internet, it should be. And I, yeah, so leave it with okay. me. Okay, this next 
it's not really a question, but it's from Andrea on Twitter, and she says, The Rock is probably the most beautiful and amazing song of the series, and there's just so many layers to it. Um, she had wanted to know what your inspiration was, but I think that's, you know, getting the lyrics from John and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, it's, uh, that's such a nice comment. Thank you. Um, I think just in addition to the lyrics, I think I just wanted it to be so authentic, like Irish, which is a lot of kind of uh, the kind of dark, moody, minor chords at the, um, you know, in the verses, etc. And then the very melodic, even, which is kind of, you know, um, the Irish are known to like their idly and diddly diddly eyes and Mm-hmm. And and just I just really wanted it to be just like from the first uh, note in terms of the production and everything that you would know you're in Ireland you're we're setting the scene here yeah. you know it's not about anywhere it couldn't be about anywhere else in the world except like Ireland so um, yeah so shout out to you know my friend Dave McCune who co-produced that with me and uh, we. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really. It's your her favorite song. It's also my favorite song from the from the show. So, and there's a few lyrics in that song. That's um, it's is it Gaelic? Uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I was just thinking about that actually the other day because um, John when he wrote it, he was like, I would like um, I want to say uh, my uh. Oh, Ireland, my Ireland, the rock is in me. And he wanted the Gaelic translation. And I was really, really bad at Irish when I was in uh, in school. We had to learn it. And I'm glad I did because it's very traditional. But I'm not fluent. So I had to uh, call around to my friends and be like, how do you you know, translate this line? So we, I, I think actually the guy who played the... The, the tin whistle and um, the fl- on the on the recording. I think he told us how to uh, to translate it. Mm. So that yeah, and we had to spell it out. I think phonetically for a uh, for a Mac to to sing it. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. This one comes from uh, Katie on Twitter. Uh, she asks, uh, "Do you think there'll be there'll ever be a chance of us singing so weird soundtrack?" Uh, I've been dying for one forever. Oh, man. If it was up to me, yes. And it would have happened a long time ago. And uh, But, um, you know, I'm hoping that now that it is on Disney+, Plus, it seems like the, the show is getting, like, people are like, oh, yeah, I remember that show, you know. So hopefully that will create the demand. Um, unfortunately, uh, it... I'm not in charge of that, but I hope so. And I, I think now with that, there's been kind of a, it's been 20 years, there's, it's on Disney Plus. I think we are um, hopefully going to see it. Yeah. I know, right? Like crossing our fingers. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm yeah. sure there's a few bootlegs going out around there. Yeah. <laughs> not that I would have anything to do with that, but. It <laughs> <laughs> would be awesome. You definitely deserve to get paid residuals for that music because I think if they released a soundtrack we'd all be buying it and you definitely deserve to be paid for for your hard work on such an amazing show that's lived for so long even without the money just to have you guys and me have it out there so yeah Mm -hmm. to have a legitimate soundtrack I mean how could a show that's 
centered so much around music. I mean, basically three seasons worth of soundtrack music, and and it never got an official release. So hopefully they they do, you know, pay artists what they're due. I definitely think that music should have been sold, and fans should have you know, the option to buy it and, and support those artists that work so hard on it. Um, but this next question here is from uh, Monique Rowe. Uh, the question reads, what musicians and music of a decade or era inspired the music of So Weird or Molly Phillips? If you, can... you know, being honest, I think it was I wrote that music uh as if I was writing it for myself and I had my own ba uh, solo band at the time. And I, uh, and at that time, I think I was quite influenced by, um, you know, Lissetridge and uh, those kind of just strong women uh, solo artists. Um, and, but I really kind of just was like living vicariously through Molly and I was like, okay, if I was writing this song for my band, how would I write it? And that's essentially what I did, except for the, Except for the likes of, um, you know, Another World, where it kind of had to have a little bit of a different vibe. But, um, yeah, but I really kind of did it as if it was mine. It was really, yeah. So the decade was the late 90s. <laughs> Me and Marie Montaigne. Uh, the next question is from Z on Instagram. Uh, they ask, what are your feelings about Molly's past referenced in the song In the Darkness? Um... That was kind of more, because I didn't write the lyrics for that, that might be a more of a question for John um, Cooksey. But, uh, you know, I think the lyrics in that song just kind of paint a picture of someone who's been through the, the mill and, but it all, but has remained hopeful. And, um, and that's what I, I think I, my music is quite dark my, for my solo projects, but I, I think there's always kind of like, a morsel of, of hope uh, in that and the same with my other project saucy monkey it's kind of dressed up as kind of dark music but there is a little slither of, of hope and i think i i like that about um in the darkness lyrics uh, and molly because it's like she's been through the ringer but she still remains positive which i really think is the key to life this next question comes from that's a weird dude <laughs> on twitter that's his username uh, he has uh, two questions. Uh, the first one is, uh, did you ever perform live on stage or at a nightclub? Because your music, your sound music is amazing. You guys are so nice. Yeah, I am. Um, I've performed many times on stage. Um, and when actually around the time of uh, getting hired for So Weird, I had my own solo project and I played in a little Irish bar in Santa Monica so yeah um, nice. so yeah it kind of was like a, a mini Molly Phillips I guess with uh, <laughs> <end> kids <laughs> nice and then the second question is did you ever perform with Mackenzie Phillips no actually I didn't I didn't the the closest I got was really just um yeah, sending, you know, my little recordings of, of uh, on VHS back and forth to her and uh, and collaborating on the on the phone if she had questions or anything. But I never, um, which is a pity, actually, uh, never got uh, to play on stage with her. But never say never. Maybe we should make that happen, guys. Right? That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like have a 20-year a anniversary party or something. <laughs> <laughs> 
questions. That'd be awesome. Like, if you could, if we could have a Mackenzie Phillips feature on an Anne Marie Cullen record, that would be amazing. Right. Have you guys tried to get Mackenzie on this podcast? She's like still quite up there in fame, so it's hard to reach out. Um, you got Alex Johnson, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I also want to say never say never, but uh, yeah, I know she's like uh, she's a counselor and she's also acting in some shows like Orange Is the New Black. Oh, she's she, that. She was in the la- the latest mm-hmm. season, so I know she's got a lot going on. <laughs> Yeah, got to figure out how to reach out to her people. We can't, like, go to her directly, you know. We got to go to her people. So we're still trying to figure that out. We have reached out but haven't heard back yet, but we're trying. Um, so we're almost done here, uh, Anne-Marie, but our next question comes from Dead Eye Daisy on Twitter, and they say, were there, um, if you know, were there any drafts for music for the original season three of So Weird um, that you might have known about or any kind of like rough outlines, um, like there should be a song about this subject or something like that that you knew you about? You know what? I just wrote for the first two seasons because I then got signed to my songwriting deal with Warner Chapel, so I kind of left the series to go and pursue my, my solo music. Uh, so I don't know. I'm very sorry. I'm not a good person to ask about that. But yeah. But unfortunately, I left after season two. Yeah, and that's when like um, the main writers, like John Cooks, he left as well because they changed up the show. Right. Which is, you know, what happens a lot in television. I, I just feel yeah. grateful that we had the same crew for you know the two seasons, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Yeah, we wished everyone the best for season three, but we kind of all, well, I I just went a different direction, personally. Mm-hmm. But I I just want to so thank cool. you guys for, you know, keeping the show alive and, and just, yeah, and asking all of these questions. And yeah, it's just, it's really, really uh, nice what you did. And I've, I really enjoyed this. And um, yeah, just want to thank you and the fans. Yeah, um, I have one last have question. Second. All right. Um, th- something we like to ask everyone that comes on our podcast is, if the show So Weird were to come back as some type of reboot or some type of revival, would you um, want to come back to write music for it once again? Dude, you wouldn't even... I would be, like, saying yes, yes, yes before you had the, the question out of your mouth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, it was just, like, it was such a special time. Um, you know, I was very, you know, still quite young, but I was very young at the time to get, like, my first professional job. And it was, it's just, I think of it with so much love and, and, and warmth and everyone involved. Uh, like, John Cooksey, who was just, like, a great songwriting collaborator. And to the the producer Lee, who you know gave a a waitress a shot at writing professional music for a Disney show, uh, it, it just kind of was just like such a bizarre and and lovely and effortless kind of uh, experience. And yeah, I would absolutely it, it, they wouldn't have to ask me twice. I'd be all in. <laughs> oh, that's so heartwarming to hear. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, thank you so much for coming along with us. Yeah, thank you. 
Thank you. It was nice seeing you guys, seeing your lovely faces.